Hey, welcome to Top Shelf Tech. I'm Ryan Joe, and this is Jeremy Nees, and today we're going to talk behind the scenes of Trade Me with Simon. G'day. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at Trade Me. Yeah, so I'm the um, Chief Product and Technology Officer at Trade Me, so look after the technology function and uh, all that entails, so back end, front end, all that good stuff. And last, last time we caught up, you were looking very rested, having come <laughs> back from um, the Melbourne Sounds, where I think you've got a 20-year-plus family history yeah of, great um, memory yeah, yeah we do we, we, yeah, we've been going to the same bay well m the family has bits of the family have been going to the same bay for 20 odd years so in any given year some part of the family will be there having a good time and just relaxing on the beach it's pretty great are you still feeling that relaxed now a couple of months into the year <laughs> it seems like years ago that we did that yeah no probably a new, another holiday on the horizon i reckon and you got you guys are busy right so um trade me great history um Founded in 1999, which I did a bit of a fact check before this. Uh, that was the year that Telecom launched Jetstream, the right. first DSL product. So people were, this platform was launched in the dial-up era. Um, right. uh, Net, Netscape was 33% of the US browser market with Internet Explorer um, the rest and Mozilla Firefox um, was yet to be released. So there's a lot of lot of history in trade. I mean, it was kind of, the, I think, the first real darling New Zealand um, online tech uh, sort of brand before you know well before zero and the likes you talk us through sort of um, trade me from 1999 up to now yeah sure yeah then that's some good uh, good context around Netscape being kind of the predominant browser it's great that's... like so much you've almost forgotten about a eh? trumpet yeah. windsock oh so, yeah. yeah wow those words <laughs> yeah, wow. I've heard out of someone's mouth for a long time yeah, yeah no, so trade me you're right 99 was when we kicked off and um Pretty of a, a heady growth period. I mean, the, if you look back at our traffic stats over that, that period, in fact, even today, there's just, it's a steady up and to the right chart, right? So the, that's the constant thing about trade me is it's always been dealing with growth and scaling. And that's always been our challenge from a technology perspective is how do we keep the systems up to date with the demands on those systems from Kiwis. Um, but yeah, 99, Sam formed the organization and uh, then it's, it's grown rapidly to a point. Um, added a start off with a marketplace business, so buying and selling used goods. And we've since added new goods to that mix. We've added motor vehicles, we've added property, we've added jobs, we've added services, we've added a whole raft of things. We've added on a whole bunch of extra companies in the insurance space and a few others. So it's really been a growth uh, story in terms of the company as well as the traffic and the te technology. And then we um, sold to Fairfax, as the big uh, people might remember, back in 2006. Yep, um, so it became a, Aussies. Yeah, that's right, we became Aussies apparently. <laughs> um, sold to Fairfax uh, and people were astounded by the price, but uh, turned out to be a pretty good investment by David Kirk, the, the chairman of Fairfax at the time, um, former All Black Hampton. Yep, yep. And um, then, yeah, I joined Trade Me in 2011, which was also the same year we uh, IPO'd, so Fairfax sold back uh, that stock to Kiwis, mum and dad, yep. New Zealand investors. You were around for the IPO? I was, yeah. Is that I the was. first time you'd been through something like that? It was, yes. And it was, yeah, quite a fascinating experience. So going from that private board to, again, publicly held life, and there's a whole bunch of stuff you've got to do to be a public company that we had to rapidly get up to speed with. And Trade Me's always been a pretty laid-back, casual kind of place. So yeah. adding that layer of governance and that layer of um, discipline around how we talk about our finances and future plans and stuff was new for us, and so we had to go through that learning exercise. Um, but yeah, sold back to um, the share market. So listed on the NZX and the ASX uh, dual listing in yeah, 2011. And then again, through the, that period, a lot of growth, particularly in mobile. We sort of started to see, so not so much Netscape, but more yep. native mobile browsers and then native um, uh, mobile apps. So iOS and Android picking up a heap of traffic, therefore, on our native apps. Uh, and still to this day, the predominant place where people trade on TradeMe. Um, 
And then just last year, we uh, completed the sale of the delisting and sale of Trade Me to Apex Partners, a private equity firm um, founded in London but based out of New York. So we've been working with um, them for the last probably year and a bit on that that deal. Um, and then went through in May, uh, and then we had a new CEO join us in July. Cool. Um, so it's been a wild ride of change pretty much throughout the entire uh, history of Trade Me. That's sort of a you have to sort of strap in and, and get used to it. Yeah. So so way back then. Uh, you know, trade me. I think was seen as uh, you know the latest technology, maybe even just the principle of buying stuff online instead of like the trading exchange kind of thing. How how has it been to try and keep keep keeping up that pace of change and and keeping the technology relevant to support what you're doing? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to be honest. Um, and I see startups these days and who have the luxury of this you know Clean all of the work totally <laughs> all of the hard work people have done before them to, I can just spin up a you know cloud instance of something and be up and running in hours or minutes even sometimes um, we don't have that luxury and so we still have uh, you know physical data centers um, that run a decent part of our systems so we have to maintain that stuff as well as build on top of it which has always been a challenge but as I say the, the growth trajectory means that you're almost every day for a while there trying to work out how you're going to serve the next day's traffic because the chart's going on that. Um, so it's a constant exercise in scaling. And we did some things back in the day from a database perspective just to handle the load that you know you would never do today. You, know, you wouldn't need to. There's just the, just the, the complexity of the problem back then was... Yeah. Um, well, the problems are still still hard, but the technology available to solve them was a lot more rudimentary and you had to go pretty low level. Mm. Yeah. Well done, Ryan. You just brought up... Um, trade and exchange which I'd totally forgotten about but now remember searching for VL Commodores with my mates um, <laughs> through that so that's um, yeah a good good little history trip. Um, one thing I just wanted to touch on you mentioned being a public company versus a private um, now owned by private equity again public company it's quite hard to talk around stuff like futures so you go down to, um, to the pub with your mates presumably you guys are going to do some cool mobile launch or a new product or something like that yep. you can't really talk about that um, from a securities perspective is that that right it's true I mean we still talk as I said trade has always been a fairly open company we do yep. like to tell people what we're up to and, okay. and be transparent on that front um, but yeah you're right there is a different layer of um, market materiality you have to be conscious of so if it's a piece of information that the market doesn't know about and could affect you know the trading of yeah, other stocks. Yeah. Then yeah, you've got to be really careful about that. Um, the, the main thing I think that for us really though was just to change our cadence in terms of how we talked about the trajectory of the business. And so yep. that would be um, you know the half yearly and the an annual results calls that we'd have with analysts and the like. Yep. Um, it really important that we had a good story to tell and were you know able to reflect honestly what the business was up to. Now under a private model and prior to that before we were um, publicly held. Um, we don't have that same pressure to do that, but I'd say arguably we've got more pressure to actually deliver because we've got you know private investors now who you know they don't <laughs> they don't want to see their investment tank either. They, they, they've yep. got strong growth aspirations. We've got strong um, aspirations as well, uh, but it's just it means that the public discussion of those things is now no longer part of our governance. We don't have to do that. You mentioned a lot of the other businesses like uh, motors and property that you've spun off. Um, how, how have you found that change of ownership model? Did it, did it have a, a much of an effect on the kind of the risk profile or the appetite to take risk within the organisation? Because because you look after product as well, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing for us is just making sure we deliver a really good experience for Kiwis, right? So mm. um, at the end of the day, regardless of how you're owned or structured, if we don't do a good job for you know Kiwis using our systems, then we're veiled regardless of the ownership model. Um, so I think from that product perspective, we're still looking for how do we make the experience best, how do we solve that problem for Kiwis, if they're buying a house or a car or selling a fridge or whatever it might be. Um, but then the, 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 
the usefulness from having a private ownership means that um, they've got a big network of um, portfolios. They're, they're sort of a, a private equity fund. They have lots of companies in their portfolio. So we can lean on them to get advice and um, you know, I can pick up the phone and have a conversation with uh, CTO and another organisation on the other side of the world and say, hey, but this problem, have you solved this before? And if so, how? Or can you put me in touch with someone? And that's been a really awesome um, asset to have as part of the, the new arrangement. You touched on briefly uh, TradeMe. You operate out of uh, some physical data centres today, um, not fully uh, sort of cloudified. And you know you're looking at your competition, or you know, um, well you'd mentioned other startups and that, but that that includes your competition presumably. And you've got stuff like uh, Facebook. You know, this this us talking about behind the scenes of TradeMe. Where are you today, and, and what are you guys doing? How does that relate to your ability to see off new entrants and competitors and continue to be an innovative uh, organisation? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a really um, interesting perception, out in, particularly in our industry, in the tech industry, that trade me is a little bit uh, old school. And okay. we certainly have um, a lot of systems that are pretty old, some dated systems back in the day that are running some core systems from, you know, almost back when Sam started things. Yep. You got um, a name? What's a, what, is there a technology there that you can mention that will go, oh? Uh, uh, no, I, I, can't, no, I can't give no, you any, okay. any scary name. I can't say a little sort of Netscape <laughs> Navigator type so scary name. Um, we do see some weird uh, user agents in our logs, but that's another yeah. story. <laughs> okay. um, no, but we have actually moved quite a lot of our workloads into cloud. Uh, okay. So people might be surprised to know that that's actually uh, where we're putting a lot of our investment at the moment. Yep. Um, and working with the major cloud providers uh, to serve up um, lots of the things that you use day to day in cloud. Um, obviously, I mentioned the native platforms as well. So we've got a lot of our front end development going into iOS and Android native development. But behind the scenes, um, everything's running off our APIs. We've got a whole new front end. And um, yeah, there's a lot more of the, everything we're doing new now. If we pick up a piece of, um, of our systems to improve it, which we're doing all the time, generally speaking, we'll pick it up and then put it back down in cloud. Um, and so things like search and some of our, um, we're doing a lot more with data science these days. So a lot oh, yeah. of, um, machine learning algorithms that's sitting in a sort of, we've got a service framework that we run out of cloud and it's all driven, um, yeah. Are you building your own algorithms for that? Or you use, um, I know some of the cloud providers have off the shelf libraries around, um, or machine learning sort of libraries, uh, pre-taught models around suggestions, recommendations for other goods and that kind of stuff. What's your, what are you guys doing in that we, space? We, generally speaking, roll our own. And the oh, reason yeah. for that is that a good example is um, some of the thesaurus work we do for suggestions and, and, and some of the search inputs. The Kiwi lexicon and what you know, you mentioned, um, what was it Corolla? Were you looking at for VL Commodores? VL Commodores, VL Commodores. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holden's so, no more as well. So, VL, exactly. Yeah. So, VL Commodores probably there's no thesaurus out in the world that necessarily has <laughs> that as part of it. And then the way yep. we refer to those vehicles might be quite Kiwiified. So, we found that actually using a, um, a third party um, lexicon for thesaurus is just not very useful, it doesn't have the good results. But if we craft it ourselves. And, you know, we've got people telling us all the time we can see what, what people are searching for. We can create good thesauruses. That when you type in this, you mean this. Um, yeah, so we found that, generally speaking, rolling it ourselves has been the, the way to go. But, no, there's certainly no problem with using off-the-shelf stuff. It just seems to be just, the problems we're solving right now. Us Kiwis, right? Yeah. We're the problem. We're weird. <laughs> we're totally weird. Yeah, we're lovely, though. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting you talk about that. It's such a long history of Trade Me. And, you know, as startups go through that kind of massive growth curve and you, you almost reach a certain point where you start to experience some almost growing pains. And, you know, you talked a bit about the technology change and the product change. What do you think is super important for TradeMe in terms of keeping up or driving that innovation? You know, what kind of principles do you guys apply? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, w- I think for us it's really important that we are a place where Kiwis go to look for whatever they want to do, um, whether that be looking for a new job, um, lots of life events that take place on Trade Week, buying a house, getting a, a new job, selling a car, buying a new car. Um, even people who are arriving in the country, you know, they use Trade Me to furnish their flat or to look for places to live or people to live with. Um, even and find someone on our dating site for people to, to you know partner up for life with you know there's, so we, we are there in everyone's life moments and I think that's the key thing that we need to um, rem- remind ourselves of is um, we're actually a really integral part of Kiwi's lives and we shouldn't take it for granted make sure that we do a really good job of um, you know fulfilling that need and thinking about the outcomes that we're delivering so from a product perspective and a technology perspective as well it's no good if we just have shiny flashy tech running in a cloud um, environment somewhere if it doesn't then solve a problem for a kiwi who's trying to you know overcome one of those life moments or get through that that challenge so what what um what are you looking for in terms of you know if you talk about property versus motors versus uh jobs for example what drives your decision to enter into that internet into those markets well i think it's really where we can play an interesting part in that conversation so if it's about a transaction typically it's connecting people um in those examples you mentioned so it's someone selling something someone buying something whether it's a house or a car or whatever or in the case of a job, you know, I need to hire you for a reason. Um, it's about that connection and and understanding that Kiwi dynamic there. We are, again, as we sort of said before, kind of a weird species, um, quite close to our own. We, we know how we like to operate. And so I think Trade Me's got a really interesting place in that unique Kiwi dynamic between people. So you, we, we've talked, uh, touched on the technology change, um, some of that machine learning stuff, cloud stuff. Um, these are hard skill sets to find and uh, in the industry today, you guys uh, have a split between Wellington and Auckland predominantly in your teams. How are you finding bringing in talent, training up your existing talent? Um, what's that look like for you guys, and how are you developing, uh, you know, internal to trade me? Uh, like you say, whether it's a culture of excellence, uh, sort of you know practices around DevOps and agile development, you know, all, all those kind of things that come along with this. Uh, what does that look like in the talent mix in your organisation? Yeah, I mean, finding good talent is, is super hard. Um, not because there's not good talent out there, but because it's, you know everyone's looking for really smart people. Um, we're lucky we've got fantastic team, um, and in many respects, they are, I'd say, you know, they're world class in the areas that we have had experience in before. So, running on-prem data centres, getting the most out of every uh, last um, CPU <laughs> yeah. cycle in our database systems, all that sort of good stuff. Um, but increasingly, we need more cloud capability, and so we're on the lookout for people who are. Um, have had that experience in cloud as we go into that world more and more. So you're growing your teams? We're absolutely growing our teams and um, we are absolutely moving more and more of our systems into cloud. Um, And so we've got a lot of programs work underway right now and in the future to migrate. As I say, as we pick up stuff, put it down again, we want to put it down in cloud. So we're doing a lot of those things. We're picking up lots of things. Um, So we're looking for really strong cloud expertise. People to come in and teach us some stuff around how to best do that. Um, And I'd say the unique proposition in terms of um, that, that employee, particularly in the tech space, that employee value proposition for us is TradeMe is ubiquitous in New Zealand. So yep. um, there's really interesting data problems, really interesting um, relationship problems. As I said, connecting people is quite an interesting data challenge. Um, and it's also because it's so well known, we have this barbecue test, right? If we went to a barbecue, um, and I love Zero, Zero, cool company, but if I had a conversation with someone about accounting software versus mm. a conversation with someone about 
how I got a great deal for the surfboard that I put on Trade Me on the weekend. I know which conversation is probably going to be more interesting to have. And so people being able to say, oh, we could trade me. Oh, let me tell you a story. That's a really cool part of um, the yeah. job, actually. Un- unfortunately, if you're chatting to me about that over a barbecue, it would be about um, vintage stats and parts, uh, which <laughs> I, I, don't, I find quite exciting. Not everybody does. Uh, to that point, and you talked about being there at, uh, at moments for Kiwis, right? Yep. So one of the things I uh, really love that Trade Me's introduced in the last few years is Ping Pay because then I can just quickly... Um, buy stuff online and nobody sees me seek off to the drawer to find my credit card and um, tap that in, which is great. It's just like, you know, stealth buying stuff totally. all the time. Uh, the one thing I, I find a bit more challenging, though, is half the things I'm looking to buy are in somebody's backyard down in Timaru or something like that. Uh, what, what, what are you guys doing around stuff like integrated with shipping? Because I say, oh, this is something that's quite big, I think, um, you know, worldwide, but wide around trading platforms and getting that really tight integration with shipping. And I find half the people like, you know, pick up only, uh, that kind of stuff. You guys um, working on partnerships around just making the whole buying experience more frictionless, anything like that? Definitely, we want to make sure that we can complete those trades and make sure that people can buy the stuff, you know, get the stuff that they bought um, and people can sell it and offload it. So I think there's a couple of different things there. One is, you know, large bulky goods. Yeah. They are can be a challenge and we do like to get rid of that stuff and get a bargain on that stuff as well. So we're lucky that there's been a good ecosystem in New Zealand of um, small businesses who specialise in, and you'll see vans drive around saying, you know, labels of trade me on the site to help you know do yeah, the rangers yeah, pick yeah, up. So yeah. there's a lot of those people yep. um, which is great um, I think on the smaller size things we've also released a, f- a system called Booker Courier which um, is a pretty cool product where if you're involved in a trade you can just arrange a courier literally put a bag out the front door with the address of the person that's going to on the courier will pick it up and take it and deliver it there so it's a really seamless experience and the best part about it is it doesn't require actually a trade anymore now you can just if you've got something to get rid of, rid of or you want to you know a mate's left there Jersey oh, it's true bolt place. on to the side. It's yeah. totally bolt yeah, yeah. on. Well, it's still through the platform. Yeah, yeah. But, but you yeah, can you cool. can run it independent of a trade. Um, you know, even if you're using another trading platform or whatever, we can still uh, help you out by getting that thing that you have sold to the place it needs to get to. Um, and that's yeah, really really cool. And that's coming back to that thing for us is about making sure we're solving the problem for Kiwis. Yeah. In that case, it's like I've got some stuff. I want to get rid of it. I want to send it to some other place. Um, we don't have to be involved in that transaction. Not even ha- there doesn't even have to be a transaction there. It's just, you know, I've left my jersey behind. I should send it to the, you know, my friend who stayed the night over on the weekend and he's back in Hamilton now or whatever. Um, yeah, you can still use Book a Courier to do that. Cool. So w- what else is on the horizon for Trade Well, as I say, lots of cloud stuff. So, you know, we, we definitely need really smart cloud engineers to, you know, teach us some stuff and then to, for us to kind of int- integrate that into how Trade Me operates. Um, and just continuing that growth trajectory. As I said, we really want to make sure that we remain the place people think of first when they're looking for a job or a car or a house or a, um, all that good stuff. So that's that's really us. Cool. Well, that's been a really interesting chat. Like, uh, you know, Trade Me is such an iconic Kiwi brand, so it's been great to kind of dig into it with you. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. cool. Thanks a lot, Simon. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on Top Shelf Tech, and we'll see you next week.